Good morning and welcome to Friday morning, April the 14th, 2023 on When I Rise. Today we come to the end of year A, the second Sunday of Easter, and on the Friday of the week, I'd like to take a look at the gospel passage, which comes to us from this week from the Revised Common Lectionary in this week of the church's calendar year. And so we find ourselves back in the gospel of John towards the end, John chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. So let me read that passage provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise, meet God together in a time of prayer. John chapter 20, verses 19 through 31. It was still the first day of the week. That evening, while the disciples were behind closed doors because they were afraid of the Jewish authorities, Jesus came and stood among them. He said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. When the disciples saw the Lord, they were filled with joy. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you, as the Father sent me, so I am sending you. So he breathed on them, and he said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you don't forgive them, they aren't forgiven. Thomas, the one called Didymus, one of the twelve, wasn't with the disciples when Jesus came. The other disciples told him, We've seen the Lord. But he replied, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, put my finger in the wounds left by the nails, and put my hand into his side, I won't believe. After eight days, his disciples were again in a house, and Thomas was with them. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus entered and stood among them. He said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. Look at my hands. Put your hand into my side. No more disbelief. Believe. Thomas responded to Jesus, My Lord and my God. Jesus replied, Do you believe because you see me? Happy are those who don't see me and yet believe. Then Jesus did many other miraculous signs in his disciples' presence, signs that aren't recorded in this scroll. But these things are written so that you will believe that Jesus is the Christ, God's Son, and that believing, you will have life in his name. This is the word of God for us. So I can't be so sure exactly what John is getting at with these post-resurrection stories. We do know there's all these little micro stories and they're so fun. Um, N.T. Wright has got a great read out of all of them. So if there's any way that you can track down, I believe that like N.T. Wright online may have done some Easter devos. They're doing them right now through the season of Easter. Like you go on YouTube and get them. Or if you get his uh, John for everyone commentary, it's probably there and there's like it's kind of uh, sprinkled in all the rest of his books but he does a great job like one of my favorite uh preaching some of my favorite preaching moments from him come from these waning parts of john like he's just really being more of a priest pastor than he is a new testament historian and theologian but to, I, I you know you kind of wonder what what john's getting at because john is not just telling the story of jesus i think he's in a general way trying to draw people to faith but there's also like a training up at the church because these like the, this book would have been used to like help shape the form of the church, the activity of the church, right? And so there's a whole lot of things going on here. Um, and so I just look at it this way. This is kind of the way it's wearing on me today um, as I record this. 
it's just neat. You get a couple of really big ideas in this first section, uh, verses 19 through 23. You get this idea of, of God being a missional God. Um, in the Latin, what they say in the missional literature is missio dei, the God on mission. Right? That John 20, 21, as the Father has sent me, I send you. So God is on the run. Isn't that a lovely picture of God? Like God is not just sitting in like a big, big house waiting for people to knock on the door and so he can entertain them and show them hospitality. But this God is out there walking the streets. Uh, he's, you know, in the cubicle next to you. He's uh, that really friendly person who's checking uh, you out at the grocery store, bagging your groceries and uh, you just find out the great warmth from them. I mean, this God is anywhere. And I love that. That's one of the governing features of the resurrection accounts, particularly Mark's, where Jesus is, he's raised, but he's not seen. So he's bound to be anywhere, right? And I think we may have covered that before, but this is the the idea there. And then how like he's breathing on them, the Holy Spirit, uh, where he's, he's distributing, Jesus is distributing his authority to the church here. Um, he, they're going to be able to minister in his name. And you'll notice like the, 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 the thing that Jesus wants to be clear on about receiving the Spirit, it's not to entertain, it's not to do signs and wonders from John's point of view, but it's this idea of uh, forgiveness of sins, of, of the covering of sins. It's of the reconciliation between people. It's uh, folks finding peace with God, right? And we see that. like There's three times in this big passage where Jesus, he enters a room and he says, peace. Now, okay, Jesus is a Jew. That's fine. A uh, common greeting. But like all these fools left him at the cross all alone, right? Uh, besides John. And you were to think that Jesus could say, you know, like he's like cracking his knuckles and he's like, and under his breath, maybe in a grimaced face and tone. He's like, man, I can't wait to see these guys and I can't wait to tear into them. I got a speech for them. I'm going to straighten them out. But instead of like retaliating or saying, hey, I told you so, like he says peace. And isn't that one of the hallmarks of the church is this idea of, of extending peace and receiving peace from one another. But I kind of look at it this way. Like Jesus is sending his people on mission. He's saying, as God has sent me, I send you. So you're not just going to stay in one place. You're going to be out there and you're going to be out there and stuff's going to be happening and you're going to stitch together a community of people and they're going to be diverse. And because of that, you won't see eye to eye all the time. And so one of the main fixtures of being the community is learning to reason with one another and to help each other confess sins to one another. Like when you, when you let each other down. It's to build each other back up. It's to patch it up. It's to settle. It's to see repair instead of a complete fracture and uh, unwinding of communities. And then we get to zoom in into one of these opportunities, right? So Jesus is with his disciples, but Thomas is gone. And uh, Thomas has got all this, uh, this hindrance in his heart. He's got these barriers. He's like towards belief. And Jesus comes to him and instead of like running him over and clobbering him, instead of this pacifying John and his, uh, dis- or sorry, Thomas and his disappointment that he's maybe been lacking faith, like Jesus gets right to the point, he shoots him straight, but he does so in an uplifting way. And uh, sure, he challenges him. He says, hey, stop, you know, no more disbelief. It's time to believe. And uh, Thomas says that Jesus is his Lord and his God. That confession, my Lord and my God, no one has ever said that before. And this is something that N.T. Wright harps on with his knowledge of the ancient literature. You don't see this confessional sentence anywhere. And here's Thomas. You know, we like to dunk on Thomas for lacking faith. 
but he, you know, he wasn't there like when Jesus appeared to him the first time. So can we blame him for having some objections, right? But in that moment where he's repaired and restored and forgiveness is extended to him, like he creates a new way to confess who his God is, my Lord and my God. It's just a beautiful moment. And then this uh, closing in verses 30 and 31, where it talks about the veracity of Jesus's ministry and John's hope for the book. And then we turn to the next page, just like an alternate ending, like another ending to John's gospel. And if you've got a good study Bible, they probably have a bit of a note there regarding all that material. But this idea of when we become Christian, like what's our incentive, right? I think uh, for maybe far too many of us, our sole incentive is, is somehow like securing personal salvation. And the church, being in the church is way more than that. It's dwelling together in the midst of a new community, a brand new humanity. Where we honor one another. We try to ascribe dignity. Yes, we do shoot each other straight, but we do so with hope in mind, with restoration in mind, so that the whole people of God can be built up. And so let's meditate on these verses once more. We have received the Holy Spirit. Forgiveness should be extended towards one another. And we should learn how to excel in the veracity of the whole panorama of human relationships, including when things don't go right. We don't give up, but we continue to find the most redemptive and healthy way forward and seek repair for the good of all people. So with those things in mind, let's spend some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we celebrate the resurrection today. We thank you that resurrection has paved the way for all of us, this great, big, worldwide, diverse community of people to be called one family. God, we also confess that families have uh, slip-ups and we annoy one another, we hurt one another, sometimes intentionally, other times accidentally. So we do thank you for a method to stay together uh, through the giving and the receiving of forgiveness, the, the asking, the request of forgiveness, and the the pardon of one another. And so God, we just confess to you that times we, we fail at that, we get so scared that we're going to be hurt again. And we just pray that in the midst of this command to forgive and to love one another, that there also be wisdom in how to repair relationships in the most healthy way. And so I just pray for any of us um, in the network of When I Rise who wake up today and there's a relationship that we grieve because of things the, the things that have gone down. Um, we grieve because of the awkward silence, um, of the shunning, of the uh, avoiding one another. And uh, we know that it takes many people's volition to see a relationship repaired. Um, And so we just pray that you would reveal to us today what's our next move towards faithfulness, towards these people. And would you empower us to do so, give us the courage to do so, so that our life would be built back up, so their life would be built back up, and that we would be able to glorify you through the repair of relationships. So God, we thank you. We ask you to be with us in this endeavor. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.